0: Welcome to the online ministry of the sermons at Coastal Community Church, and we are so grateful you took time to, to watch this sermon. One of the things that uh, we have a deep conviction of here at Coastal Community Church is that this online sermon that you're downloading or streaming is is a, is a supplement to your spiritual growth, and we, we think it's real important that you're a part of a local church. So uh, even as you watch this sermon, and I hope it encourages you and challenges you, uh, I hope that you'll find a local church. Uh, if you live in the Hampton Roads area, I hope that you'll consider checking out coastal community church we have three services on Sunday morning uh, 815 945 and 1115 and uh, so we'd love for you for you to join us at one of those services do want to introduce our new sermon series uh, that we're doing we're taking some time going through first Timothy and we're entitled the series guarding the gospel and uh, the Apostle Paul uh, mentors a young pastor Timothy uh, and he talks to him about how to establish a church so that the gospel of Christ can be guarded in a sense that it's pure uh, and kept true and so that it can be um, brought to a lost and dying world. So I hope you'll enjoy this series through Timothy, Guarding the Gospel.
1: Well, good morning, Coastal Community Church. We are having a family service. That's what we kind of call this time. It's just a time for us to come and have the uh, time of communion and have a time of baptism where we celebrate... The new birth of those that have, been in, that have come to Christ and are following the Lord in obedience baptism. Hey, why do we do this? Um, and every, every time we do this, we want to talk about why we do this and the importance of baptism. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 3. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture here, verses 13 through 17. Matthew chapter 3. If you, uh, if you don't have a Bible underneath the pew, or not the pew really, it's a chair. Um, Underneath the chair, there's a little basket thing, and there's some Bibles under there, and you can grab it, and we'll be looking at this together. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward change. The fact that Christ has come into your life and saved you, that he died on the cross for your sins and rose again from the grave, and you by faith received him into your life, what you're doing is you're proclaiming that publicly to every person that you come in contact with. The, the, the hot tub here that we have, the warm hot tub, there's no bubbles or anything in it, is that, is that, that symbol that, that symbolizes you being dead to your old life and then coming out in newness of life. It's, it's why we practice believers' baptism here at Coastal Community Church. Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 says this, Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. But John didn't want to baptize him. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it must be done because we must do everything that is right. So then John baptized him. Yes. After his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Son of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son, and I am fully pleased with him. The reason we practice believers baptism here at Coastal Community Church, one of the main reasons is that we follow Jesus' example. We do what the Bible says and follow Christ's example. And because Christ was baptized, therefore we associate with Christ and we ourselves are baptized as well. And so that's, that's the reason and the rationale of why we do this here at Coastal Community Church. We have several people being baptized today. It's an incredible time for us to share, to encourage, and to love those that are new in the faith in Jesus Christ. Now, baptism doesn't save. No, baptism is just an outward sign of the fact that Christ has changed you, much like my wedding ring. It doesn't, it, it, all it communicates is that I am married it doesn't. I just don't put on a wedding ring, and that makes me married. No, I go through the ceremony of saying "I do" to my wife, my wife saying "I do" to me, and and now 15 years later, here we are, babe. Um, and that's what that's what. But the wedding ring just shows everybody that I am married. It's just a sign, and that's like baptism, and it, it, it's the first act of obedience that we that we do to follow Jesus Christ. So, if you haven't been baptized, you want to be baptized. This person up here, this is Chris Lay. He's in charge of the baptisms here at Coastal Community Church. Come up and see him. Say, you know what? I think it's time for me to be baptized. I think I need to follow the Lord in obedience, and I need to be baptized. You need to go up and go see him if you've never been baptized and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Hey, let's bow our heads and close our eyes and let's pray. And let's thank the Lord for those that have come to be baptized. And if you've never received Jesus Christ, it is our prayer that you would come into a real relationship with Jesus Christ and you would be changed and transformed by Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's true. Thank you for those that have come to be baptized, Lord, today. We pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, if there's anybody here that hasn't received your glorious work and forgiveness on the cross lord and your and father received your glorious resurrection i pray lord god that they would do that this morning lord we love you and we thank you and we praise you it's in jesus precious and holy name we pray amen, amen.
2: seriously reflect on your gospel this morning. We've heard it in so many different ways already this morning. and Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would not allow us to grow callous to that message. But God, that you would continually break our hearts for this precious truth, God, this person, Jesus Christ, that you've used to rescue us sinners from the penalty of our sin. So, Lord, we remember the gospel this morning. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus chapter 12. I'm going to read a larger passage of Scripture, and I'll explain why in just a moment. In Exodus chapter 12, starting with verse 1, this is what that passage says. It says the Lord, said to Moses and Aaron, in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months, and shall be the first month of the year for you, till all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month every man shall take a lamb according to their fathers' houses, a lamb for a household, and if the household's too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor, neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat. You shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I'll strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord Throughout your generations, as a statute forever, you shall keep it as a feast. And for those of you who, who might not be as familiar with this passage of Scripture, this is immediately before Moses leads the Israelites in the mass exodus out of Egypt. Okay, th- this, is, this is God's plan of rescuing the Israelites out of slavery and into freedom recorded so that you and I can see God's redemptive history right here. And this passage of Scripture, it, it documents the day of redemption for the Israelites out of the hands of the oppressive Egyptians. And when I read this passage, what I see is, as I see how, God, how seriously God takes my sin, how ser- seriously God takes your sin, how he deals with it. And God, through Moses, he, he, gave, he gave specific instructions on what animal to select, when to kill it, what to do with its blood, how to cook it what to do with the leftovers and how to dress for the meal and the reason why it was being, being celebrated in haste and what the bloodshed signified. And the part that I want you to pay particular attention to this morning is ver- the end of verse 11 to verse 13 when, when Moses says, It's the Lord's Passover For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike. He'll he'll kill all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. Okay, the pagan gods here, they're uh, impotent. Okay, they're unable to protect Egypt's inhabitants. And he reasserts, I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. He says, I'm the Lord. I'm the Lord. And he uses bloodshed to pass over the Israelites when he, when he goes through Egypt, the land of Egypt. The, the safety and the deliverance of the Israelites, it, it's not a reward of their own righteousness, But it's the gift of mercy from God. God didn't have to provide an out for them. He didn't have to provide an out for the people of Israel. He chose to do so because of his mercy. God's blessing, his his Passover, came to the Israelites through the shedding and the sprinkling of blood. And this was the way in which God covered the unrighteousness of the Israelites so that his glory wouldn't kill them instantly when when he went through the land of Egypt. Now flip over with me to the New Testament in Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 20. We see Jesus with his disciples here. It says, and when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I've earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. 1,500 or so years later, around the time of Passover, right? Remembering how God had delivered the Israelites out of the hand of the Egyptian slaver. He's he's sitting and he's recalling that moment with the disciples. Okay, 1,500 years later. And Jesus gives the disciples, he gives them wine and bread. And he begins to talk about his death in this moment. And he was to die on the following day. And why did Jesus... Decide to talk about his death on the day of the Passover celebration. Why did Jesus choose to do that? It was the lamb, absolutely. He was the lamb. Christ's day on the his death on the following day is the fulfillment of the symbolism of Passover. It's the fulfillment of the uh, the symbolism of Passover. At Passover. It wasn't just God delivering the Israelites from Egyptian slavery. If that was all it was, we'd be left with a, a a great blockbuster film that makes lots of money, right? But God, in His wisdom, He was pointing us to something greater than that. Exodus chapter twelve is doing the same thing that every page of Scripture does and that, it's, that it points us toward the salvation that's found only in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And the point of the Passover meal, it, 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 it's the exact same point as the Lord's Supper, except for the Israelites were looking forward to the coming Messiah, Coastal Community Church, we're looking back and saying, praise God for the works of Christ applied to our life. His broken body, this perfect lamb of God poured out, for the sins of those who would repent and believe in him. And that's what we've come to do this morning. That's what we've been declaring this entire service is the precious gospel applied to us. And like the Israelites in the Old Testament, we're a people in desperate need of God's mercy. The Apostle Paul agreeing agreeing with the psalmist says in Romans chapter 3, he says, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands and no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they've become worthless. No one does good, not even one. I reminded you of this last week, that not only is, is none righteous, but we're absolutely incapable of achieving a righteousness from within ourselves, we just can't do it. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? But here's the amazing thing about the God that you and I serve. Is God loves us so much that, that he chose not to allow our story and our condition to conclude with our unrighteousness and with our wickedness. But if we go on a little bit later in Romans chapter 3, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and God meets us at the cross where He crucified His Son. Jesus Christ is our mercy seed. He satisfied God the Father's wrath against our sin, and we take the wine and the bread this morning to remember that. God the Father passes over our sins because of the perfect spilled blood of Jesus Christ. It covers us completely. The gospel is this, 1 Corinthians 15, three through four. Paul says, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And I would challenge you, if you've never repented of your sins and you've, you've never trusted in the gospel, you've never trusted in the righteousness of Christ this morning, I would be thrilled. We would be thrilled if today would be, you, the first time ever that you've taken communion. And God is faithful to save those who confess their sin, turn away from their sin, and embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And we have our prayer team that'll be standing by. They're, they're wearing purple shirts that I know they would absolutely love to talk with you about the gospel, to pray, with, pray the gospel with you. And I know they would love to take communion with you. And so please utilize them. If you're a skeptic this morning, if you're a skeptic of the gospel and you're not quite convinced, I would ask you to to just stay seated in a moment as the church participates in remembering the salvation given through the sacrifice of our Lord. But I would challenge you as well not not to waste your time as you stay seated quietly. Don't waste that time. As you're seated, I I would like to challenge you to ask yourself, what, what if this is all true? What if it's true? What if this old book, written by eyewitnesses during the lives of other eyewitnesses rooted in actual historic events is right about its claims about man and right about its claims about the identity of Jesus Christ. What if Jesus Christ, this actual historical figure, okay, it's not debated by any serious scholar in the world, But what if Jesus Christ, this actual historical figure who's regarded by every cult as a good man or a wise prophet was actually more than a good man or a wise prophet, but God himself as he claims to be in the scriptures. What if the only way to be saved from the penalty of your sin is by placing your hope and confidence in Jesus Christ, your mercy seat? I would like to extend our prayer team to you as well. They would love to discuss the truthfulness of this precious message we call the gospel. So please utilize them. And then finally, for, for my brothers and sisters in Christ, I would like to give you a special challenge. In a minute, when, when you partake in the Lord's Supper and you remember the gospel, I would encourage you to do it in groups. And before you actually partake in the Lord's Supper, go around the room and say, do you ask each other in your circle, do you understand the gospel? Do you understand the gospel? Are you trusting in the gospel this morning? And then when you go around that circle and you're finished with that, spend time praying the gospel with each other. And then partake of the elements as we remember Christ's broken body and spilled blood for us sinners. And then find hope in the words that Jesus gave to Martha as she weeps over the death of Lazarus in John chapter 11. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I love this, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He asked. May our confession be the same as Martha's when she says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who's coming into the world. And So think about the gospel this morning. Ask each other about the gospel this morning. We have our stations up here and we have them in the back and we're going to play some music as you partake in the Lord's Supper. Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, uh, God, for your broken body and blood spilled out on us. God, so that you could pass over our sins and see the righteousness of Jesus. And God, I pray that this morning you would encourage us as a church that our confession is true and give us the strength to live in it. And Lord, I pray that that, Lord, that those who are wrestling with it this morning, that your Holy Spirit would soften their hearts, God, and allow them to grasp this message and embrace you as Lord and Savior. So thank you for the gospel. Thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
3: i mm-hmm. broken or ashamed all are well Oh,
0: A favor, have a seat, and uh, man, we've got a great risen Savior, don't we? And uh, church. You know, I just I just want to remind us that he hasn't left us here in an empty state. He's coming again, and uh, we look for the day he's going to come again. He's going to set all rights wrong, justice will be served, and uh, we will live eternally with him. I'm looking forward to that day. So here's what I'm going to do, okay? Uh, I'm going to make a little bit of a change to order the service for the sake of time, okay, because we got to transition to another service. Ushers, I'm going to have you stand at the doors with your basket. if you brought an offering this morning as an act of worship, okay? You can just give that on the way out. If you're a guest, we don't normally do it that way, so it's a little bit different. Okay, we usually pass the plates, all right? If you are a guest with us, I'd love to have one thing from you on the side of that bulletin is a tear-off, if you would just fill that out and drop that in the plate on the way out. We just want to send you a thank you card for coming, uh, or give you a little bit more information, a little more information about Coastal Community Church, okay? If you're here this morning and you have a prayer need, our prayer team is still available to you uh, here at the end of the service and even after the service, they would love to pray with you. Uh, I want to bring one thing to your attention this week. Uh, we have 18 people, 17 people, 18 people going to Bolivia. Uh, they're leaving on Friday on a missions trip, and they're going Friday to Friday. So, would church, would you do me a favor and pray for them? Uh, you know what's amazing to me? You guys, as a church, have sent... I don't know, almost 75 people out this summer on missions, maybe 80. So thank you for your generosity and support to them, uh, both in prayer and financial means and otherwise. So uh, so just pray for that team. I know they're going to have an amazing time uh, and they're going to serve the people of Bolivia and they're going to be changed as well. So keep them in your prayers. And then do me a favor, pray for Miss Vicki. You know, she made a bold step this morning, stood up and, and gave uh, a public profession of her following of Christ. And so as a sister in the Lord, we just want to pray for her this week. And so I'm going to close our service with prayer, and uh, and then uh, these guys are going to jam for, maybe we'll sing a chord or two, and then we'll dismiss. A we'll a what? A lyric. A lyric we play a chord, we sing a lyric. That, that's why you do what you do, and you do what I do. So... Uh, <laughs> You're a little threatening to me. So anyway, um, yeah, we're gonna sing a lyric or two and then we'll be dismissed. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of laughter and uh, thank you, God, that the gospel uh, covers our sin and we leave here as free men and women in Christ and uh, our past and our sin no longer has a hold on us. Death no longer has final say over us. Jesus Christ does. And so we celebrate the risen Savior. I wanna pray for our Bolivia team, God, as they travel. I pray for protection. Uh, but more than that, God, I pray that, that they will make an impact in the people that they're going to serve, and they will be impacted, God, and they will come back never the same uh, as they, uh, like Christ, who left all that was comfortable and served us, Lord, will we'll serve in another culture. I pray, Lord, for Miss Vicki, who was bold enough this morning to make a stand and say, you know what, I'm following Jesus Christ. And, and uh, that's no small thing. And so uh, as a sister and a Lord, we lift her up. Lord, we thank you uh, that she's a follower of Christ. We pray for protection, continued growth as you mold her more and more into the image of Jesus. And Lord, as a church, we sit here this morning, we acknowledge we long for the day where our faith becomes sight and we see you again face to face. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the hope in this life and the life to come. And it's in Jesus name I pray. Amen.